The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 144th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week, being based up here in New England, is fairly obvious, and that would be the UConn men's and women's basketball teams, both winning national titles. Back-to-back nights, Monday and Tuesday night, and really quite remarkable. They become only the second, still the first school and only school to win both men's and women's titles in the same year, and they did it for a second time, the first time being back in 2004. So hats off to the Huskies. It's just a remarkable accomplishment. Uh, they are the kings of the collegiate basketball world, to put it mildly. And uh, I don't know what's in the water down there, but when they get to the postseason and get on these runs, it's just remarkable, particularly the men's team. The women's team is just obviously dominant, uh, a cut above everyone else. But the men's team... <clears throat> were a surprise this year, as they were just a few years back, uh, when Kemba Walker led them to a national title. uh, And they got rolling in the Big East tournament, the then Big East, I should say. And it was like a repeat performance, deja vu all over again, as this year it was another guard, Shabazz Napier, who was just dominant. Uh... He just had an amazing postseason run, like Walker. He was basically unstoppable. Uh, always fascinating to watch when someone under six feet can completely take over, not only games, but you know an entire postseason run to lead his team to the national championship. Uh, I think that the entire country was riveted 
when Kemba Walker did it. And probably didn't think we'd see it again, let alone it from the same school. But that's exactly what we got, as Napier was uh, simply a an incredible presence throughout the postseason tournament and the six victories in the tournament. Uh, amazing player. A Boston boy, I might add. He's from the Roxbury section of Boston. He wears it proudly. As he was, uh, as you may have noticed, he was introduced as being from Roxbury as opposed to being from Boston. So he was well known around these parts uh, during his high school years. He was also quite a good football player, I might add. And uh, Alan Iverson. And uh, again, you know, and, and the other variable on this as they win their fourth national championship since 99, I believe, so in like 15 years, uh, is they had a new coach, Kevin Ollie, in his second year, succeeding the legend, Jim Calhoun, who built the program from the ground up. And uh, so it was just uh, even more remarkable when you factor in that. He was an NBA journeyman. He played for UConn. He's a member of the UConn family. When, he, when they brought him in to succeed Calhoun, he was given an interim contract and basically had to earn then a more permanent contract. So this is a guy who, you know, knows what it's like to play 10-day contracts in the NBA, was unfazed by that. He was more than willing to go out and prove himself that he belonged. He did just that and then uh, just let him on this run. And I was just, again, you know, very impressed with him and how he handled himself throughout the tournament. We all know by now the story that he took his team when they played SMU down in Dallas uh, earlier this year to uh, AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World, and told them to envision themselves there for the Final Four. And indeed, that's exactly where they ended up. Let's not forget also they were beaten by Louisville by like 30 points in the month of March. Uh, in a regular season game. So, you know, it was just uh, nobody saw it coming, even up here in New England. But, uh, you know, oh, to be a student in Storrs, Connecticut, if you were watching uh, these games as they were flashing to the student viewing parties uh, in Gumpel Pavilion, they just looked awesome, to say the least. Now the women, they're just setting new standards. Gino Ariema, the coach, Surpassed legendary Pat Summit uh, with the, to have nine titles versus Pat Summit's eight. So he is now stands alone at the top of the women's basketball mountain as the only coach with nine championships. And uh, again, what he's done there is just nothing short of remarkable. Uh, I think we all would have rather seen a better game on Tuesday night. Uh, but Notre Dame star player was hurt, uh, one of their uh, big people underneath, and so UConn just dominated inside and, you know, had what seems like a very typical 20-point victory, even throughout the tournament, and uh, that just seems to be the norm, 20 or more. But, again, hats off to the Huskies. They did it. They just uh, have reached a pinnacle twice that no one has reached even once. So that says it all. My low light of the week is the Masters without Tiger Woods. 
Say what you want about Tiger. Uh, a fan, not a fan. Uh, he brings eyeballs to the TVs. He makes any tournament he plays in more interesting. Uh, I was watching yesterday. I'll be watching today, of course. And I've been watching little snippets from ESPN throughout the morning. And, you know, just keep waiting for, you know, the switch to what Tiger's doing. And it's just not coming. And it's just uh, just simply not the same. He is uh, a transcendent figure in the world of golf. And when he's not in it, it just doesn't seem uh, quite the same. Now, obviously, if there's any tournament that can survive without Tiger and perhaps even thrive, it obviously is the Masters. The, the course sells the event. It's so... Refreshing and enjoyable to watch on TV, especially for those of up here, those of us up here in the Northeast, and really throughout most of America this year, after this harsh, brutal winter, to uh, you know to see to see the course at Augusta in the spring, looking uh, vibrant, literally jumping off the TV screen into our living rooms, and uh, it'll be great, no question about it. I'll be watching. Millions more will be watching. I'm guessing the uh, ratings will be down in the last few years, uh, but we shall see. Um, it's still the Masters, but it's a better Masters when Tiger's in it. And lastly, my bizarre story of the week is uh, the Indiana Pacers literally imploding before our very eyes. Center Roy Hibbert said the uh, there are a couple of selfish guys on this team about as. Uh, Severe as an indictment from a player that you'll find in any team sport. And uh, they have a lot to sort out. They played a game the other night, which they won, uh, where they rested their starters. And uh, not too many people were familiar with the names of the Pacers in that game, but they did win. And it almost feels like their season is yet again on the line. Uh, tonight, when they play in Miami, they play the Heat. They have stated from day one, uh, when they come out of the gate quickly, that they wanted to have a great regular season, get number one seed, have home court uh, ostensibly against the Heat in the NBA Eastern Finals. Uh, that could get not decided tonight, but it could go a long way towards deciding it tonight. So it should be a fascinating viewing. Uh, but, you know, the Heat, or excuse me, the Pacers... Uh, you know, had some trades, traded away Danny Granger, brought in Evan Turner. They're just not the same team. They seem to have uh, upset the chemistry apple cart, and uh, we'll see if they can somehow recover, uh, and they better start tonight. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good, John. I'm, I'm in the mecca of college basketball. Connecticut. You're a Connecticut resident. Yeah, it's, it's basketball from the men and the women, the top team, and they're savoring another two championships. Uh, they duplicated that feat in 2004, now there's it's the second time. I don't know if that's a sports record that'll be broken, John. I tend to agree. You know, obviously nobody's ever done it once. Now, only UConn has done it uh, twice. Uh, and they're the only one who's even done it once. So it's, <laughs> it's just remarkable. And, uh, you know, what's it like down there? The, everybody still just be walking you know, with an extra spring in their step, I guess, all week long, right? Yeah, oh, sure. And, you know, they had the festivities at the Gamble when the team returned, and then there's a parade scheduled for Sunday in Hartford. Uh, tomorrow is the spring football game, so I'm sure the fans will be out there. I mean, it's a different sport, but I'm sure they'll be glad to be congregating and, and celebrating those two championships. Well, as the line from Titanic said, you know, they're kings, parentheses and queens of the world and uh (laughs) they just really uh you know they just put on a show i mean the women were were expected obviously they're you know 40 and oh that's remarkable in and of itself but uh 
you know, the men obviously were unexpected. And, you know, two key figures jump out at you there. It has to be, you know, Shabazz Napier, a Boston boy from the Roxbury section of Boston, who just, you know, he had a Kemba Walker-esque postseason run. And then, of course, the coach, Kevin Ollie, who took over a mere two years ago from legendary Jim Calhoun, and who basically was only given an interim contract to start with. So he had to prove himself again, as he, had, as he did with, like, what, 10 teams in the NBA? Uh, <laughs> both stories are remarkable. Um, and the other thing that's remarkable to me is I, I believe they're together. They're 13-0 and in the final game. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, never been beaten in the final game. They're, they're like the old Celtics almost. You know, never have always won those seventh, seventh games. So, yeah, you don't want to play Connecticut in that final game. It's almost a foregone conclusion right now. That's it. And just like they did with Kemba Walker, you know, uh, it was a surprise. But, you know, as they roll along with each succeeding game, they look more and more unbeatable. And I think to those of us here in New England, I won't say that I would have bet the house. There's there are enough of a surprise that they're, I think we all have that element like, oh, well, you know, is tonight the night that they finally come back to earth? But that it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen with them. No, they had that, you know, Shabazz uh, Napier, the shot maker, and, you know, played their feisty on defense, and, and, and uh, Daniels played uh, enough, you know, scored enough points uh, offensively through some of the tough games. They didn't need him as much that last game because they held Kentucky to 54 points. So... You know, and Shabazz had his regular outstanding game, and Boat Wright came alive. I think he was five or six in the championship game. Uh, so they were they were fabulous. It, and you know, they never say die that team. They are just when when you, when you can defend John in any sport, you're always in the game. And, and I don't Correct. think there was any super team in the tournament. And Kentucky with their freshmen, you know. I, Connecticut just—it was like the big brother kind of playing the little brother. I thought, and, and Kentucky didn't have a true point guard that can contend with the quickness of UConn's guards. And UConn had enough big people to, to take care of business down low, and things didn't get out of hand. And you know, Kevin Ollie's on the bench cheering his team on, exhorting his team. And and I thought at the end there, John, one thing that kind of puzzled me—I don't know if it did with you, but. Kentucky was down by six, and there was a little bit over a minute to go, and that clock was just ticking away. And I was thinking, there's no way I'm letting those seconds go off the clock. I mean, I was thinking back to Jim Valvano 30 years ago. He fouled when the game was tied, never mind being behind by six. Yeah, that was among the weirder endings. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, it just was like the quickest two minutes in a championship game or a tournament game, close game, that I think we've ever seen. I mean, it just two minutes just like went away and, you know, Kentucky coach John Calipari explained it about how great a foul shooting team were and they were entered the game like 90% and I think they, you know, kept it right up there. But right. they, but you got to put them on the line, period, yeah, yeah. end of story. Yeah. You have to. You, you have to, John. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. You have to put them on the line. You just can't watch the clock, uh, evaporate in front of your eyes and your chances of, of winning because you weren't getting the ball back from those two quick guards. You weren't going to steal from them. You didn't have that capability, I, didn't, I don't believe. Yes, and I would actually have looked at it a totally different way, which is, you know, they were shooting 90%, which is as good as they are. It's still, I believe, above 
you know, what they shoot as a team throughout the year. And, uh, but regardless, just play the law of averages and just say, you know, there's a chance they can't keep up shooting 90%. They've been so good that, you know, and, and after all, it is a championship game. Foul shots in the last two minutes of a game to win the national championship. If ever you're going to miss, that's the setting you're going to miss in. And I don't think they would have missed, don't get me wrong. But right. you, you, you got to make them do it. You have to. Yeah, there's there's no way out of it. I don't know what other solution. I mean, he didn't have one. He didn't. And, you know, again, it just, like, was odd to watch, almost surreal, where it just sort of, you know, just played it out as if it was a blowout. And, you, you know, it did. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, John. I'm, uh, I was going to say, I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm thinking that John Calipari has coached a, a thousand games, and he's just going to go go down without a, a fight at the end. He's just going to concede the, the victory in the last two minutes. I just, I, I, it was so surprising to me, you know, because he's a coach that's so active on the bench. I mean. I mean, calling the timeouts and things, and sure, he, he thought he would have said, "All right, we we've got to just." you know, go for the home run ball here, uh, to use a metaphor from another sport. We're going to have to follow them, even though they're making 90% of the free throws. We have to take a chance because defensively we can't change the game. We can't get the ball in our hands to get enough attempts to win the game. Yeah, and I mean, it's the third national championship in like the last six or seven years, including the one at Memphis State. And, you know, so he's not a rookie to the setting. And, uh... You know, even if it was, you know, non-intentional fouls, but just hyper-aggressive defense, like just to do, uh, you know, push the envelope to the nth degree yeah. in playing defense, like, uh, you know, in a frenzy, if you will, <clears throat> right. but they didn't do that either. It, no. just, they, it was like flat. Flat's yeah. the word. No, yeah, they didn't try to aggressively steal the ball, and, and Connecticut just ran the clock out, and... Uh, John Calipari's teams have had trouble from the free throw line. That's been one of the booger bears for him through the years. And yes. once again, it, it really, if you want to look at one area that they could have won the game, it's from the free throw line. I guess it would have missed 11 or 12. Something like that. And if I remember correctly, that's a good point because I think that Memphis State with Derrick Rose that team also had issues with fouls, and that ultimately cost them that game too, right? It sure, it sure did. Yeah, yeah so forgot about that. I mean, you have all these players that are supposed to be offensive stars, but yet for some reason they can't make free throws to clinch tight games. And when you play cha- in championship round basketball, most of the time the game is going to be close, and then that will separate you from uh, you know that will that will give you the victory in the end. Those free throws. Yeah, it's hard to believe that a John Calipari, who is so buttoned up, and who I like, by the way, you know, would allow that Achilles heel in his teams. Uh, you know, and it's it's a big Achilles heel. It, it, it will always cost you, you know. When you have a glaring weakness, it will always cost you somewhere along the line and typically in the in the championship games. Yeah, he needs to get a shot doctor somewhere on his staff because he seems to travel with him. He can't get rid of those symptoms. Yeah, <laughs> well said. Uh, one thing I want to ask your opinion on, I, I was so impressed really from day one with, you know, Kevin Ollie and just the way he handled himself. You know, he just seems to have a remarkable relationship with his players. I, I, I just liked 
what he had to say with each succeeding game in the tournament. I liked it more and more. Like he grew on me as the tournament went along and I became more and more of a believer that, you know, Hey, this team might really, you know, go the whole way, you know, given what I see on the floor and, and what I hear from him that tells me, you know, what a close knit team they must be and what, just what a good relationship he seems to have with his players. John, it- you know, I had met Kevin many years ago at a basketball camp. A friend of mine was running, and he was someone that could establish a relationship very quickly. That's what impressed me the first time I met him. So it's no surprise that his players compete very hard for him, and he's able to recruit good players. He's had some success on the recruiting trail, and it's no surprise as well that he's been in this high-pressure cooker situation where he's had to prove himself to an athletic director was probably looking to hire somebody, uh, you know, other than Kevin. So, you know, good for him that he, you know, stayed the course, and uh, he's a UConn man, and he'll probably stay there for a very long time, and they're, they're lucky to have him. Yes, he is. He's a UConn man. That's a good way of saying it. It's just that simple. It's in his DNA. He played there, and... Uh, coach there under Calhoun has a lot of NBA experience, and uh, yeah, d- again, just very special what he did, and uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for you know a guy who wants to be there. And the other thing, the longer I watch sports, the more um, you know a big advocate of just simply are the players buying what the coach is selling. Yeah, that's and, right. That's right. You, and you, you could hear it in their comments, John. Right? If they're if they're mimicking what the coach is saying in the press conferences, then that's that goes a long way to unifying the team and everyone having a singleness of purpose. And and that's the goal when you're a coach. You want everybody singing the same tune, and you know nobody off key or nobody trying to trying to uh, stand out. Everyone in harmony. Correct, and. and as Shabazz Napier made abundantly clear in his post-game comments, you know, and we talked about this fairly recently of, you know, what a difference it makes when an athlete plays with a chip on his shoulder, a la, you know, Tom Brady, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> but when a team plays with a chip on its shoulder, uh, even better. And obviously, as Napier eloquently put it, uh, that's exactly what they did. Hungry Huskies. And I'm referring, of course, to the fact that UConn was banned from postseason play for academic reasons. Uh, they failed to meet the graduation requirements of the NCAA, so the whole team was unable to participate in the postseason, uh, certainly last year, maybe even the previous two years. Um, and Napier let it be known to all that, you know, uh, they weren't too happy about it, and the, and, and the result was what they did in this postseason tournament. Yeah, that was a motivational factor, John, and they were able to use that as a positive to, you know, inspire their, you know, inspire their play. And uh, that, to his credit, to Kevin Ollie's credit, he he used that. You know, you have to think of all these psychological ploys when you're with your team every day, and I mean that was a rallying point. So it, it worked out really well in their favor, uh, and it, it's really a, a fantastic thing that he did. You know, his first. Year in the NCAA tournament to to win the title as the 
well, they were they were the seventh seed, I guess. So, and it gives a lot of hope to these other teams down the road. You know, if UConn can can win it at, at the seventh seed, we can too. Yeah, well, all kinds of records, all kinds of firsts, you know, associated with this championship, and you know. Again, hats off to the Huskies, as I've said a couple times already in this show. And, uh, you know, a team that, uh, you know, was not surprising in their championship run was, of course, the UConn women. So why don't we take our break and then we'll come back on the other side and talk about the uh, UConn women. Give them some equal time. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown Coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to Segment 3 of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, but more importantly this week, a resident of the state of Connecticut. And A.P., just before we close on talking about the Yukon men, and before we talk about the Yukon women, one thing I just want to add is uh, that, you know, this Yukon team had a certain toughness uh, that I think is a byproduct of, you know, the edginess that is common place up here in in the northeast in general uh the toughness and edginess that jim calhoun built into that program and you know the more they roll along and you know like they did with kemba walker a few years ago you know the tougher they get and the more intimidating i find that they become i don't want to go far as far as you know when you say men against boys you tend to think like blow out that type of thing 
But there was an element of men against boys in that game the other night, in my mind, against Kentucky and throughout, and throughout, even against Florida, where, you know, that's just the way they play. You know, they have upperclassmen and experience, edginess, toughness, and, you know, I think it all just, you, you know, came together for them like it did for Kemba Walker's team a few years back. Yeah, they are always been guard-oriented, had quick people, and it, it could always score out in the perimeter. And their body language, John, throughout the tournament, you just never saw them where there was a weak moment. You know, they were, where they were looking like they were had a defeatist attitude. I mean, they played some teams that were physically bigger, bigger and stronger. I mean, Michigan State, for instance, and they just never let them get into the paint at all. They just kept them on the perimeter the whole time. And and then Florida, they just humiliated uh, the guards, Scotty Wilbegin. I mean, he shot four air balls, had the ball stolen from him a couple of times, and they just made Florida look like an average team. I mean, they had won 30 games in a row. I mean, undefeated in the SEC, and I know the SEC is um, not very strong, but they they made them look bad. Yeah, well, the SEC had two teams in the Final Four. Right, right. Say say what you want. And, uh, yeah, of course, the last team to beat Florida was in December. And that was uh, UConn in Connecticut beat them. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they just have an in-your-face attitude that, you know, they won't be denied. And, uh, boy, I, I think that grows game by game and leaves the other team, you know, shaking their heads, basically. That's, that's what I was seeing in, with each succeeding game more and more. Yeah, they're, they're just consistently tough on every possession. They, don't, they die hard. Yes, they do. And, uh, you know, another interesting sidebar, if you will, is, you know, the American Athletic Conference, you know, <laughs> producing, you know, that both teams play, obviously both UConn teams play, the school plays in the American Athletic Conference, which you and I both have covered. We both have, uh, you know, uh, Mike Enright, the SID is you know, kindly, you know, gotten us media credentials for a variety of events for you, not as many for me, but for instance, the uh, uh, UConn-Michigan football game last September, which was great, Uh, football media day in Newport, Rhode Island in August, and, you know, we of course are both big fans of AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco and as all as I was watching, you know, the Nets get cut down and all that, I, I couldn't help but think, you know, Mike Oresco must be feeling pretty pretty good right now. <laughs> and let's face it, part of, you know, Napier's comments about the ban, but I think, you know, underlying that, and he didn't say it, but, you know, they were orphans of, of sorts, you know, with this whole conference realignment that was going on. And UConn seemed to be a little bit left out in the cold. Uh, compared with other schools that don't have even, certainly not the basketball history that they have, yet they were landing in Big Tens and ACCs. And so I, I just think it's a potential great building block for the future of the American Athletic Conference, uh, not to mention, you know, Big East, which is known for basketball, but yet it's an AAC team that rules the basketball world. Yeah, yeah, well said, John. And I just like to say, instead of the, playing the song "We Are the Champions" by Queen, uh, maybe the song should have been by uh, Toby Keith. How do you like me now? 
Yeah, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Very good analogy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it gets me excited about the fact that, you know, I cover the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, it just does. I mean, I feel more proud today, you know, to be associated with that conference than, than I did a week ago. Uh, because, you know, again, now they are just, you know, head and shoulders above everybody in the, whole, in the, in the world of college basketball. And, you know, it's great. I, I just think it's great. Again, Commissioner Mike Oresco, Connecticut SID, Mike Enright, have, they've treated me wonderfully. I know they've treated you wonderfully. You introduced me to both of them, as a matter of fact, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm glad you did, to put it that way. It was my pleasure, John. Two, two fine folks, and they're a credit to uh, college athletics. Indeed they are. Well, let's not go any further without talking about the UConn women, Gino Ariyama. Uh, he now stands alone uh, at the summit, as, as it were, uh, no pun intended, uh, as the only coach in women's college basketball history to have nine championships, 9-0 nine and in championship games. He, of course, surpassed Pat Summit, the legendary former coach of the University of Tennessee women's basketball program. And, uh, you know, she had eight, but... You know, it, I the only disappointment I have was that that Notre Dame star player, you know, Natalie Achumwa, couldn't play, and thereby we were denied a potential good game because, face it, you know, UConn women put their games away pretty early, so, you know, they're just not as competitive and compelling as we'd like. I mean, that's literally the only negative you could say, and it's certainly not their fault. <laughs> no, John, you're exactly right. It would have been wonderful to see those teams at full strength competing against each other, two former Big East rivals, and the coaches have known each other for probably almost four decades, really, but but we didn't get a chance to see it. So, you know, UConn was their normal self making shots and putting pressure on the other team with each basket uh, we had 40 something points at halftime it's very difficult to beat someone when you allow that many points and then uh the second half they held Notre Dame that I guess it was 20 points you, you're rarely going to win a basketball game even at the women's level uh having a, a 20 point half and uh you know Brianna Stewart she was terrific she just she's a little bit more athletic than everyone she's taller at her position, she has uh, fabulous hands, and heck, she scored I think 18 points in the paint by herself. And Notre Dame had 22 as a team. So when you're getting that close to the basket and and getting in the paint, and the other team has to rely on the outside shooting, and it's not their night, uh, you know that's that's uh, not a formula for success, especially against UConn, who scores a lot of points. Yeah, and senior Stephanie Dolson in her last game, the senior center at six foot five, uh, without a strong opponent, you know, Natalie Chumwa for Notre Dame to stop her. She had one of the biggest games of her career. What a way to go out, you know, and, uh, you know, so she was dominant as well, you know, inside with Brianna Stewart. And, uh, yeah, good for her. I mean, she's a big personality, very likable, and I was glad to see her go out, but I'm sure even she, you know, would have said, you know, she would have preferred to have done it against the best, and they just owned owned the paint in that game, and 
you know, again, what are you going to do? It's just a shame that, you know, uh, let's not forget Notre Dame was 37-0 coming into that game. So we, I think all of women's college basketball fans everywhere were just so excited to see these two undefeated teams go head-to-head. And I think we all would like to have seen Notre Dame at full strength and and what a game we might have had, but we'll never know now. But <laughs> even with her, I think UConn probably would have won. They certainly would have been favored. Uh, Gino was pretty emotional after the game, as emotional as I've ever seen him. Yeah, I've never seen that in all those all the years. I don't. I'm not sure. Maybe it was the personalities of those two players that kind of captured his heart. I I, I really don't know because he's had strong relationships with other players in the past. I mean, like a Diana Taurasi or Jennifer Rosati. Or, uh, but, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe because it was a culmination of setting that record, or it's just hard to tell. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I've never seen him like that before, and I've been following him fairly closely for the last number of years. You can't live in New England and not follow him if you're a sports fan or be aware of what's happening with UConn women's basketball. But, uh, yeah, I think it was probably a culmination. Uh, Bria Hartley and Stephanie Dolson being, of course, the two seniors that he had these strong relationships with that he was saying, attributing his strong emotions after the game to. uh, But, you know, again, he does have a a long history. I I think the fact he became, you know, uh, the first to win nine nine championships may have had something to do with it. 40-0 40-0 and 0 may have had something to do with it. I think there was a lot occurring right there. And, uh, but, you know, he, he's, you know, he's a tough guy. So, legendary tough guy. So, I think it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting to watch. And, and, you know, just to see a side of someone like him that really we've never seen before. Yeah, the, 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 I know the Connecticut fans, they were kind of surprised as well. And, the, of course, the national audience, they they got to partake in that moment as well. So, you know, he's going to be rolling along because he can always recruit players and he has a, a coaching style that attracts shot makers and there's a passing style to that game, you know, the old Philadelphia style of basketball and passing and cutting and, you know, finding shooters and, and uh, it, it's a pleasurable to watch. I think that's why some of the older uh, audience appreciates the UConn women's basketball because it's still fundamentally a pass-and-shoot game, and it's not the overall athletic uh, dominance of a team per se uh, that you get at some of the, like on the men's level, and it's still enjoyable to watch. Absolutely. Well, still lots more to talk about, AP, but why don't we take our final break and we'll continue to talk some hoops on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store. 
BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us still is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., before we jump back into uh, some basketball talk, uh, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is not basketball. It's the Masters, despite the absence of Tiger Woods, which I touched on at the beginning of the show. It's still the Masters. But the Connecticut Sun has the first pick in the WNBA draft this coming Monday night. It's going to be held at Mohegan Sun and broadcast on ESPN. I will be there. And, you know, I, I'm just curious, uh, starting to think about, you know, who they're going to draft. Uh, you know, th- there's no Brittany Griner out there, so it's not an obvious choice. But, you know, you don't get the first pick every year, so, and, and it's being held, the, dra- the overall draft itself is being held in their home. Um... Any thoughts on who, who the, some of the leading candidates might be to become the number one pick? I think I'd have to take a look at that gal from Stanford. And, you know, John, I, I can't pronounce her name, but I know she's very good. Very good. I, I'm with you. And, uh, she's that, very good. That's a possibility. If you're still looking for some big people, um, you know, looking at the roster, of course, they got Tina Charles and uh, some other people. So I'm not, not sure if they're you know, in a, in a position to draft another big person uh, to help that front line. But if I'm looking at a guard and you're looking for a scorer, I might have to uh, take a strong look at Odyssey Sims if you're looking for somebody to score the basketball. Yeah, that's kind of who I was thinking from Texas A&M. Um, uh, ba- Baylor. She, Baylor, excuse me, sorry. That's okay. Um, Texas A&M won the title a few years back in women's college basketball. So mixed up those Texas teams, but... Uh, must have Manzo on the mind. Yeah, I know. Me too, John. It's easy to do. <laughs> but Odyssey Sims is kind of who I've been thinking of, but you, you bring up a terrific point with uh, the girl from Stanford who is a, just a terrific player. So and Stanford was in the Final Four as well. So, uh, And Baylor and Odyssey Sims had a nice run, uh, you know, as well. So, you know. They're both winners, and either one would be an addition to the Sun. So that should be fun. I'm looking forward to that. You know, I cover the Connecticut Sun, uh, and I think it's going to be, you know, a pretty fascinating night to be at the Mohegan Sun Arena when uh, the Sun have the first pick. I think it's going to be be good television. Oh, yeah, it's always fun to draft. I always like, it's always fun, John, to see the philosophy, the draft philosophy of a team and, and you know, who they feel is the top people that year coming out of college. I, I've always appreciated any, any draft. It's fun. Absolutely. Well, switching sports, I have to ask you about uh, something in your wheelhouse, I'm sure. Uh, I hear this week that A.J. McCarron and Catherine Webb who are engaged and getting married, that their wedding is going to be a reality show. 
Yeah, there, there's been. I don't think they've announced the network, John, and I'm not sure if it's going to be a show or just one show. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's what they've been talking about so far. But uh, AJ, he kind of just was dismissive, and that what, what his future wife may have on the docket is maybe doesn't uh, appeal to him per se. But if it's a a wedding show, he's going to have to be in there somewhere. Absolutely. I was surprised. I, I mean, A.J. McCarron is not the last person I would have picked to be in a reality show. Catherine Webb, you know, we all know she was made famous the night of the national championship game when Brent Musburger referred to her uh, being shown on air. And then she was in a reality show of sorts, some type of swimming or diving competition, I remember, yes. six, eight months ago. But this, again, it really shocked me. I mean, I just, you know, (laughs) because despite the fact she was in that show, in no way to, you know, and I know she has aspirations and was a a beauty queen, but I I, I wouldn't have been thinking of her, you know, as promoting herself for a reality show. I mean, maybe she, I'm guessing she was approached and said, why not? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's her idea or uh, somebody uh, in her management team or, like you say, she was just approached and uh, and it was a good idea from a financial standpoint. I'm sure it'll do a good rating in the state of Alabama, to say the least. Oh, yes. You talk about favorite son and and favorite daughter, right? Oh, yeah, and college football, too. College football fans will watch it, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I know some people are, you know, having some fun with it. Uh, but you know, I'll, if if it's available on my channel, I'll watch it. I mean, you know, what the heck? It's it, it should be fairly interesting. You just said it. it's college football related, and uh, so yeah, yeah, you know, better than a lot of stuff we see out there. So I'm sure I would tune in. No doubt about it. Yeah, I'm gonna tune in. I heck, I'd I'd love to be there. It'd be fun. Yes, yes. Do you know any details, by the way, like uh, like where they're getting married or no, I, I had, anything I had, like that? Yeah, I hadn't found that out yet, John, but uh, I'm not sure where in Alabama. It's down there around Mobile or up around uh, Montgomery somewhere. I'm not sure. All right, well, I'm sure it'll be in the state of Alabama, and I'm sure it'll be, you know, the social event of the season, to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean college football season. Right, right. Whatever, whatever season it occurs in will be the social event of that season. Oh, for sure, yeah. He, he was a uh, one of the most popular players of all time at Alabama, A.J., and, of course, um, Catherine, she's a, a home state gal as well, so I'm sure oh, people yeah. will be tuned in and get a, a good a good rating. Alabama's first couple, right? Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of anybody in a long time from the state of Alabama you could make that comment for the first couple, yeah. Right, exactly, Uh well, and then I did see AJ on John Gruden's quarterback camp. I thought it was interesting. I, I liked his, uh, you know, I like his act. I like who he is. You know, I've, I've always been a fan. I know you are as well. Obviously, you've covered him up close and personal for a number of years and all four years. And, you know, I, I just thought he handled himself well with John Gruden. And I, and I love those shows. I think they're very well done. Yeah, I think they are too, John. And I, I think AJ, he... He knows his personality on the football field, and he I have not seen him try to uh, attempt something out of character. I think that's one of the positives for him is playing the quarterback position. You know, he doesn't have those 
he's not prone to turnovers and and to take big chances uh, very often. I mean, all quarterbacks, you know, they have to have some confidence in their ability, so they're going to have the uh, that gunslinger mentality. But I think AJ, he's been pretty uh, uh, even keeled, uh, you know, in that regard. Absolutely. Um, well, should be interesting watching, to, to put it mildly. And uh, speaking of interesting viewing, uh, we got the Masters this week, of course. And I love watching it, but I said this at the top of the show, I, I just, it's not quite the same without Tiger Woods, you know. Uh, but if any tournament can carry on and keep your interest without him, it, it certainly is the Masters, obviously. But, uh, but it's still, you know, I just find myself, you know, watching and waiting to see the next Tiger shot. And it's just not coming. And it's not going to come for a while. <clears throat> yeah, the, the fans will, will have a chance to to watch this ma- major championship without Tiger Woods, and I'm sure they're disappointed, but it's still exciting to see him put on the green jacket at the end and and have the galleries and the, the you know late Sunday evening finish. So may, maybe it'll go down to the wire, and that'll you know they'll bring some excitement to um, a Masters without Tiger. Yeah, well, as we all know, the, the Masters doesn't begin until the back nine on Sunday, so uh, I will be very anxious to see the ratings. I think, uh, you know, competitive round, and they all seem competitive when you get down to Sunday evening about 6 o'clock Eastern time. Um, it always, always seems to come down to just the highest of high drama. I'm comfortable saying that'll happen again, uh, but, uh, you, you know, it's just going to be great. I mean, Phil Mickelson has been struggling. I guess he is, uh, you know, on the cut line, as it were. Not sure exactly where it stands now, but he, he's, he, you know, he had some struggles yesterday, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, you want to see him in that final group. Uh, you you know, do. The, you know, the, 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 the audience is looking forward to him being there. So that would, that would be another disappointment if he didn't make the cut. Yeah, to me, the most interesting thing would be if uh, someone, you, you know, the greatest player yet to win a major could be in a position to win this major. And that's um, speaking of people like Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, those who immediately comes to mind. You could even throw in yesterday's leader, Bill Haas. But Sergio and Lee Westwood immediately come to mind as two that, uh, you know, their their days, you know, that it'd be nice to see them just pulled off. That their day uh, needs to come sooner rather than later. Yeah, it'd be nice to see a newcomer. I think that would generate some excitement and in, in fan uh, participation. You know, the, the audience it would increase the audience, television viewing audience. I agree. Sergio is a bit of a polarizing figure, and I, I think he more than any other single player would you know, bring more eyeballs to the screen to replace what could be lost with Tiger not being there. But we shall see. Should be fun. Yeah, I always look forward to the Masters after all the basketball ends. Yes, me too. It's it's a nice nice segue from basketball the next pretty much the next day right into the Masters. So AP, thank you as always for your perspective. Great great stuff today and uh enjoy doing the show with you. Thank you very much, John. It's always my pleasure. Look forward to next week. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 